2: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
3: That's who we in applesauce. Three words for that. Who, la la. When I'm wrong, I say them.
4: Ah, it's gangbusters. shame.
3: Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave. Dave Damashek, What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available, as always, on iTunes and at NFL.com slash S-H-E-K.
4: shek, shek, shek.
3: The fake cheers remind me to give a sincere thanks to the fan out there who takes the time to download the Dave Damashek football program. As we reach 5 million downloads in just a little bit here, we're going to be talking with Hall of Fame, Pittsburgh Steelers cornerback, arguably the best to ever play the position, Rod Woodson, and also it will be our Red Challenge flag segment. We do it each week. Our heroes, Elliot Harrison and Handsome Hank go head-to-head, picking all the games. So a, a good slate of games coming up on Week 12 for you. We'll hear who they think are going to – they're coming off, by the way, Black Tie. I don't know if you realize, they went 5-0 and o with their mutual picks. They agreed on five of them, and all five of those were correct. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Meantime, though, what a treat we have uh, coming up for you right now to ring in this auspicious uh, episode of the show. He is nothing less than the reigning king of Seattle. He has his Seahawks in the number one spot right now as we await the start of the NFC playoffs. Big one coming up with the Saints when they come off of their bye. He comes to us from Xbox, from Microsoft's Xbox One. It's Russell
2: Wilson, everybody. How are you, Russell? I can't complain. I'm down here in L.A. and talking about Xbox One and talking about the Seattle Seahawks and and, uh, how Xbox One is changing the game. Well,
3: tell me about that. Why don't you?
2: Well, I mean, basically Xbox One and the NFL have teamed up and uh, what it's doing is it allows you to do whatever you want. It's an all-in-one package, basically. So, you know, if I want to be playing Madden right now and and I'm watching the game on the big screen, uh, I can do that all at once. Or if I want to be playing Madden and have, you know, my fantasy football team and the fantasy football league up, you know, I can can look at the the live points and the updates right then and there. And then obviously, too, you can also um, personalize your your Xbox One with, um, you know, for me obviously I personalize the Seattle Seahawks, so you know instantaneously I, I get live updates about about games and about highlights and about Percy Harvin returning to kickoff off or whatever it is, <laughs> and so uh, you know it's exciting and then also uh, the other added benefits too as well, you know for you know for me you know Skype is really important because I can Skype with my niece who uh, who's a year and a half uh, who lives in Chicago, so I can talk to her on the hmm. big screen TV or Um, and so there's so many different things that you can do you can obviously watch live TV so that way the ladies don't get bad, too, when you're you know, in the man cave all day. They can watch their live TV, and we can still get our updates on fantasy football so it all works out in the end.
3: Well, it sounds good because I'm, I am I only have football consuming about 21 hours of my life. This sounds like I can go the full 24 now with this.
2: Full 24. Plus, perfect, plus perfect. A little bit more.
3: All right, well, listen, that must be a fun break for you. What's your favorite subject to discuss? Is it your height, or is it the Hail Mary against the Packers last year?
2: <laughs> Neither of them, but uh, both work. <laughs>
3: um okay so you're on the bye right now this gives you plenty of time now to break down the tape and get ready for what i'm calling the biggest game remaining in the nfc the new orleans saints are coming to visit up in uh, seattle next monday night are you rooting for rain is that a big deal to say like ah, that team from the dome if we if it rains on us we're really in good shape (laughs) no
2: i I, i'm just i can't wait to play the game and just to have another opportunity to play the game of football is what you love. Obviously, it's a big game. Obviously, it's uh, the New Orleans Saints, and they're doing extremely well. We're doing extremely well. Uh, Drew Brees, the quarterback from them, who I have tons and tons of respect for. I was able to play with him in the Pro Bowl, and you know, um, he's just a great human being and a great football player. Obviously, um, but at the same time, you know, it, it, it's it's a home and away team, and, and luckily we're the home team with the 12th man fans, and we're looking forward to playing. You know, that that big game. It'll be a great great atmosphere a great football game it would be a very very physical football game um, and, and so uh, hopefully hopefully we win. It will be exciting. Uh, our goal is to go 1-0 every single week, and, and it's a championship opportunity for us. We're looking forward to it. Well, as far as that
3: goes, I've been saying for the last six weeks or so, I feel like home field advantage has never been more significant than it is in 2013 in the NFC because of how good the 12th man is. I've been in that stadium. It is not jive how loud it gets there. Are you guys talking about, boy, if we can just get this number one seed – Fellas, were in great shape if everybody has to come through here.
2: Well, I think the thing for us is, um, you know, uh, that, that's that's really important. But we, we have to win our division first. We have to continue to play championship football, play consistent football. And that's all we're looking at. Um, yeah, it would be amazing if we could play at home every every playoff game if, if, it, if it comes to that. Um, but at the same time, um, like, like we always tell each other, 100 yards is 100 yards, doesn't matter where it is and where, when we play it, we'll be ready to go, we'll strap up our cleats and be ready to play um and so we're looking forward to it uh, we, we want to be able to play at home obviously uh, that would be a, a great experience for us it's like an earthquake in that stadium, century mm-hmm. it really is the ground literally shakes and uh, you can feel you can feel the energy in the stadium um, so, so the twelfth man is real.
3: Yeah, I buy it. Week one, you were across the country in Carolina. You barely escaped there. A lot of people said, "What's going on with the Seahawks?" They, they barely beat the Panthers. Did you guys in the locker room after that game th- say to, to each other, "I, I think uh, the Panthers ain't jive this season"?
2: Oh yeah, we knew they they weren't going to be that. We knew they were going to be a very talented football team. Um, you know, it, they have a very very good good coaching staff they do a lot of great things they're very physical their front seven as is, is, you know is was one of the best front sevens in the national football league um cam newton's playing really well right now so you respect him and how he plays the game and how how elusive he is how, how strong his arm is he can make a lot of throws um you know i have a lot of respect for steve smith and what he can do in, in the in the passing game you know he's an explosive receiver so they have a lot of great football players and, and so you can't sleep on the uh, you can't sleep on the Carolina Panthers. You know it's one of those things that they have a great football team. That's why our game was so close with them. You know early early in the season it was a battle.
3: Well, I think uh, football fans wouldn't mind seeing a rematch in the NFC title game, but I know we have a long way to go before that. In the meantime, let's discuss this. It occurred to me you were sixteen at NC State and at Wisconsin. Why the number 3? Let me just hip you to something. Babe Ruth owns number 3 in baseball. Allen Iverson owns it in hoops. But in the NFL, that number, you can go down in history as the greatest 3 ever. Have you considered that?
2: <laughs> I never thought about that. Um, you know, I'm just trying to be the best today. I don't worry about the days to come. You know, I think that uh I was number 16 in college. I was um Joe Montana. And that type of number Mm -hmm. is, was was one of those things. Um, and so when I went to, uh, when I got drafted by the CLC, Hawks, John Schneider and Paul Allen and Coach Carroll. They, they offered me number 16 and uh, I, uh, but, but one of the other receivers had it at the time. Um, Chris Durham was actually a receiver for the Detroit Lions now. I, I didn't want to come in as a rookie and take somebody else's number. So I just asked them what other numbers they had and number three is actually my favorite number. Um, and so. And so my faith is really strong, too. So John 3.16, it added up perfectly, so that's what I picked it.
3: Perfect, and it's kind of bizarro Joe Montana. He went 3-16 to 16 from college to the pros. You did the opposite. Very neat. Yeah, course, um, yeah. Hey, I don't know if you've heard, but people like to compare you to the other young quarterbacks in the league. That, that's a subject that uh, fans like discussing a little bit is uh, Andrew Luck, RG3, you, Cam, Kaepernick, and the rest. Let's, uh, let's see if we can figure this out real quick. Who would win in a foot race of those guys? And you know what? Let's open it up. All the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Who would win a foot race?
2: Oh, man. Michael Vick's still pretty fast. I'm not even a one. <laughs>
3: All right. Who'd come in last? Who'd come in last? I, I have no idea. <laughs> um, the correct <laughs> answer is probably Peyton Manning, I have to tell you. He's very good. But yeah, I, I think don't he's know.
2: He's if... got sore ankles right now. So maybe
3: I pick <laughs> All right. So. Among Cap, Luck, RG3, Cam, and you, who throws the sexiest deep ball?
2: Who throws the sexiest deep ball? Well, your producer said I throw the sexiest yes, deep ball. Yes, he off. did. Oh, he says it all so, the time. Yeah, so uh, it's kind of interesting how he says it all the time. It's kind of weird. but uh, <laughs> It is creepy. I, uh, yeah, but that that works. Uh, I, guess, I guess I'll guess i say me, hopefully.
3: Nice, nice. Who's the most
2: handsome? Who's the most handsome? I don't know. You, you, you have to answer that or somebody else. I can't answer that
3: one. You're up there. It's either I'm going to go you or Cam on that one. I'm not sure. Me or Cam Newton. Huh? Okay, yeah. That works. Yeah, yeah who um who would be the most fun to go on a long
2: road trip with? On a long road trip? What, like what type of road trip are we talking about?
3: I don't know. Let's say we're going to see a Big Ten showdown. Uh, Wisconsin is playing Michigan, and we're getting in the car and driving up to Madison from uh, from California somewhere.
2: Well, if we're going to Wisconsin, it had to be me then, I
3: guess. Oh, you're, you're fun? Are you the sort of guy like, no, oh, no, I-, I got the drive through. Bill. Hand it over here. I got it. Yeah, you
2: gotta you got to love the trip to Wisconsin, man. The, uh, the Badgers are where it's at.
3: Yeah, what kind of music are we listening to?
2: Um, probably R&B, some oldies okay. uh, mostly, maybe a little bit of gospel here and there too. So all right. that all, all right.
0: works for me.
3: Cool. Hey, Pete Carroll it seems like a lot of fun to be around, but are you ever like, all right, enough already, man, settle down. You're more excited than we players are because you don't see that very often among the coaches.
2: No, we love Pete <laughs> Carroll, and yeah, he's so consistent. That's what makes him such a great coach. And same with the rest of the coaching staff. You know, um, you know, Coach Bevel's my offensive coordinator. He's very consistent. My quarterback coach, Coach Smith, is very consistent too in their approach. Um, very relaxed, very poised, um, very energetic. We love that positive synergy, and it makes you want to play at a high level. Um, you know, for, for your team and for your for your coaching staff and for your fans, and and so um, that competitive nature is is, is real. Um, we love it. We love it to death. Um, we love Coach Carroll and what he brings to the table.
3: Last couple things for you. And uh, Marshawn Lynch likes Skittles. This is something that when you guys are playing, they like to uh, the cameras like to catch him eating his Skittles. Where do you rank Skittles in candy rankings all time? What's your favorite candy, Russell Wilson?
2: Man, I'm hungry. Why wait? I'd probably say Snickers bar and then Skittles second.
3: Skittles number two. So you and Marshawn Lynch aren't too far apart. Does
2: he ever give no, you some? I, matter of fact, I, matter of fact, I stole some Skittles, a big bag of Skittles out of his locker. I sent him a picture of it the other day, but I stole a big bag of Skittles out of his locker the other day. So he's kind of at me right now.
3: Well, wait a second. You want to keep him happy. He's a big part of the offense.
2: Yeah, yeah. He can deal. He'll be all right.
3: <laughs> all right. Well, listen, here's how you make it up to him. Thanksgiving's coming. What's the best pie you could give him?
2: The best pie? Um, I'm I'm eating more turkey and mac and cheese in Thanksgiving than pie. Oh. Um, so- um, but you know pumpkin pie always works a little pecan pie that works too I guess I'm a big cheesecake fan
3: Oh you you know what I now you're it's settled you're you and I are going on a road trip We'll just stop at all the pie places you just name my three favorite pie, uh, favorite pie flavors right there We're in good shape there we go. Um, And last thing is I'm curious about is do you guys, I I can tell by uh, that you are very sort of uh, focused week to week, but have you looked back at all you or anyone in the locker room and said, man, that week five in Indy, we could be undefeated right now, and this would be a completely different story for the Seahawks in 2013 because, like you mentioned, Percy Harvin coming back, those offensive linemen and so on. Do you look back and think, man, we could be unblemished right now?
2: No, we don't. We don't have time to look back. It's it's time to look to our next opportunity. That's the way we always do. You know, it's uh, the story hasn't been told yet. We're ten and one. We're not in the playoffs yet. We haven't won. We haven't won the NFC West yet. We haven't won. We haven't won the NFC. We haven't won the Super Bowl yet. So our story hasn't been told, and and we're waiting for that story to be told. We're excited about that, Um, and we just want to keep working.
3: All right. Well, listen, Russell Wilson. I understand you're about to jump onto a helicopter and fly down the uh, the the, uh, California coast. I really appreciate the time, man, and uh, continued success to you.
5: Thank you
2: guys so much. Go go go, Hawks, and make sure you get your Xbox One. See you soon.
3: All right. And I'll pick you up for that Michigan-Wisconsin game next fall. We'll figure out the schedule for it. (laughs) Sounds sounds
2: good. Go on, man.
3: There he goes. Number three, Russell Wilson. Dave ah nice fella nice fella black tie how do you feel that's pretty good stuff
2: i feel like he called me out but uh you know i'm, I'm gonna ride for the sexy depot is you know it's, uh, to, it's a thing i can't i can't he let had, it down now. he had
3: to cut it off because he's calling the authorities he wants a restraining order against you as a and p he doesn't seem as flattered by the the what you intend to he be will, a uh
2: he will he will appreciate it once his career is over <laughs> what did done. he say about you you're weird No, he just said he thinks it's a little
3: bit weird that I like. Well, yeah, he said it's weird. I'm a fan of the aerial display. I can't help it. I did like the way we went through Mm -hmm. all the quarterbacks of his little class and the class before. I think we figured it all out. All right, listen. Coming up in just a little bit here, Black Tie assures me we have uh, Rod Woodson coming in here. That's going to be grand. We'll do our second go-around of Hall or Nothing, it's a segment where I ask Rod Woodson, who already has a gold jacket, about the candidacy of some other players who are still in the league or maybe just retired. Last time he said Jerome Bettis doesn't belong, and he's gotten a lot of heat over that. We'll check in with him about that and maybe the Roethlisberger story and some other uh, candidates Maybe even the ones who work here. Meantime, let's say hello to the guy who writes the power rankings on NFL.com. He gives you his weekly picks, and he appears on this show every week, of course, for the Red Challenge Flag segment. It's Elliot Harrison. What's the poop, fella? What's up, man? How's it going? Well, I'm doing well. Just uh, just kibbits with I'm Russell Wilson, who was, you know, as promised, delightful.
6: I'm excited about uh, the Hall of Fame. You know, they just cut down uh, mm-hmm. to the 25 semifinalists. We're having a special Wednesday night, tonight on uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, obviously on the network, but uh, some really,
3: really good names, and there's some super, super tough, tough calls. All right, cool. We'll get we'll uh, we'll see what Rod Woodson thinks about a couple of those names. Also, all the way from across the Atlantic Ocean, he grew up in England, but his heart has always belonged to the National Football League. It's handsome Hank.
4: He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome
1: from England. His name
4: is Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank.
2: He's handsome Hank. He's handsome, Hank. He's handsome Hank.
4: Hello, Handsome. How are you? I'm very well, indeed. Thank you, Dave, and Congratulations on five million downloads. I never ever thought you'd get there. Thank you. <laughs> All right, listen. Here's what we did. Did he though. really make five million? Apparently, yeah. That's fantastic. It's amazing, isn't it? It hey, is. Here's something. I would, his name's on the product.
3: I, I agree. Up until Except when it's DDFP, then people don't really know. They just. How about you know as Thanksgiving fast approaches? Before we jump into the Red Challenge Flag segment, before the uh, before the holiday gets here, I, I, I'm going to try and get an answer for this. How come do you guys like Jello?
4: Yeah, it's fine. It's You're a okay. Jello.
3: It's I okay. mean, it's more a it's kid But been... Black tie behind the glass, you like Jello? Uh, as a kid. Yeah, I like the that. red. I, I mean, cherry, but I never understood. Lime. First of all. They lime make lime. I weird. like
6: disgusting. I like the lime. The green one? Really? Yeah. yeah. The green what's one. What's wrong with you?
3: I don't like that. And what, what's <laughs> weird is, who decided that at Thanksgiving you put little marshmallows in, the, in there? Who came up with that, and why is that a holiday treat? I don't think you do that. What do you mean you don't? I, I don't think I you, don't you do, I do, do that.
6: I think just go with an extra deviled egg.
4: What? Mm. Yeah, I'm still, I, because, you know, I'm, I've been here, this will be my third Thanksgiving in, in um, your your great country. I still haven't really, I mean, like the turkey I get, but I, I still haven't really got my head around. There's like a hornucopia or something like that. And there's, there's, <laughs> Cornucopia. There's, uh, there's, <laughs> there's marshmallows everywhere. I mean, how, what, what did it, why all that food? Like, so you're talking about that specifically. We were celebrating why, getting away from the likes I of you. I get that. I'm, I'm a, I, I welcome your celebration, <laughs> and I love the I, fact you sprinkle some football in there. What I'm asking you is, all the stuff that lands on the table that day, why would it you was put like, why those things? Because. Hey, what do you got? Is, oh, I've got a pumpkin pie. Great, put it on the table. No, that's what have not What you got? Why. A whole new copia. Great. You know that. what
3: they throw on the table? Everything that isn't hot tea and fish and chips. <laughs> well, those everything. are the only things. Because those are the only things people can eat over in your part of the world. Good point. And, and uh, stuffed intestines. Tough oh, beast sh-
6: intestines. Don't! I'm making my mouth water. What is the Thanksgiving must, though? Is it is it stuffing? <laughs> turkey. Is it cranberry? Besides turkey, though. I'm talking about the side. Stuffing is the,
2: the salad, only thing.
3: Or is that is that Texas? Well, no, well stuffing is a significant uh, side dish for sure. That's another I actually like
2: stale bread. Let me... <laughs> the other <laughs> one back.
3: is let me tell you something. I feel <laughs> I, and, and you just reminded me of that. I'm glad that uh, you brought this up. Why is Are the marshmallows in jello is weird cuz I I mean adults don't generally eat jello period, but then I, and, and that then they put the 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 marshmallows in one. But the thing that bothers me is
4: Thanksgiving Stuffing is
3: delicious. Why is it not a year-round well,
4: side a, dish? That's 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 a question that has been on on my mind for a long time. Is that time. right?
3: I I, yeah. I I know I asked it a few years ago and never got a satisfactory
4: answer. There's no answer. reason. And in fact, for a while when I was in in college, I would eat uh, stuff. You know, Me you too. can get it for like ninety nine cents sure. in a in a bag. You put it in, pour some water on top. I would just eat stuffing. I'm calling for it here and now. Stuffing year round. Hey restaurant, you want my business?
3: Serve stuffing as a side dish. We could
4: open a restaurant. Stuff yourself. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but don't we have to have something other no. than the, the stuffing? Can Drinks we have um,
2: eggnog as a drink on that menu, too? I'm a fan of eggnog. I don't know what why it's if it only was here. On
3: just so that it just would serve Thanksgiving dinner year-round.
4: Yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm Go there. That.
3: You get turkey. Stuff yourself. I like this. I, let's I like do it. it. There's something interesting. All right, listen. Let's get to the Red Challenge <laughs> Flag segment. <laughs> Red Challenge Flag. And this is how we do it. It's pretty straightforward. Handsome or Elliott tells me who he thinks is going to win one of the tougher games out there. The other person has a chance to throw the red challenge flag and question the uh, that pick and go against it. Last week, I think I should mention, these two guys, they're too agreeable. I'd like them to disagree on every single pick, but they refuse to do it. Last week, they were in lockstep on five games. They went five and zero oh together. So if you do hear an agreement between these two, it's a pretty good indication that the that the team they've picked is going to win.
4: That's about right.
3: All right. Well, there there you go. Here, yeah. Let's start with I think is is it the oldest rivalry in the NFL or it's one of the oldest ones? Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. Both four and six. The Browns. Still in playoff contention, as is any 4-6 and six team, and believe it or not, so are the Steelers. Again, this is not based on the quality of either team. It's based on the overall mediocrity in the conference right now. Either way, it is a classic. Ben Roethlisberger, 15-1 and one against the Browns in his career. Elliott Harrison, who's going to win this thing?
6: I like the road team on this. Uh, Jason Campbell did not play la- well last week for the Cleveland Browns, and look, after a while, people are going to catch up to Chris Obanaya and Willis McGahee carrying the load, and oh. you're rushing attack, I like Pittsburgh on the road. They smell the wild card. Handsome. I think you? I could
4: catch Willis McGahee at this stage of his career, but actually I'm going to have to um, toss a red challenge oh, flag no. out. I'm picking the Cleveland Browns to win this one. They they keep playing teams tough, and you you saw the first half of their game against the Bengals. They they jumped out to a lead. I think they're going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Cleveland this week. You know that's one game that the Browns, even if and I, I ten, tend to agree that while they are mathematically in the playoff hunt, this is not a team that's going to the playoffs. I think that this is the game they're getting up for. It's very interesting.
3: The Browns, if nothing else, have a superior defense to Pittsburgh's this yes. year. Of course the uh, the Great equalizer. Or the thing that the Browns probably don't have an answer to once again is Ben Roethlisberger. I, I say Roethlisberger, I, th- I say he's the difference in the game. I think the Steelers by a whisker, but that uh, that Browns defense is mighty. Next game, an AFC West showdown. Intriguing. Another four and six team here. San Diego. Elliott Harrison. I don't know if he still has him in the playoffs, but they're on the road going to KC off their loss to Denver, of course. Handsome Hank, I start with you here.
4: I have picked the uh, Kansas City Chiefs to hmm. win this game.
3: All right. Elliot, how say
6: you? Yeah, you know, in honor of Chiefs Red, I'm going to keep that red flag in my pocket. I'm, I'm not sticking with the Chargers, man. I'm not at Arrowhead. I like
3: San Diego to beat Kansas City in San Diego. I don't like them to win at Arrowhead. I'm I'm with you on picking the Chiefs, but may, I mainly do it because the Chargers feel like they've at least recently regressed a bit. They were looking very good, Phil Rivers and and so on. But the Chiefs have – they're in a weird spot here, obviously. They're, they're the classic uh, hammock game in between these two Broncos showdowns here. And they're coming off a tough one. And now looking forward, can we still get the number one seed in the conference and all that kind of stuff? And now all of a sudden you have a good team rolling in here. Not a not a great Chargers team, but a good team. It's, it's intriguing what's going to go down there.
6: Their season would be totally different. The Chargers, if they had pulled out the Redskins and Dolphins games, they keep losing yep. these close, close games. And you know, it's and you leave
3: out the week one game against the charge against the, the Texans. Texans uh,
6: you know, you could be looking at a seven and three team here. Uh, I like the way the Chargers match up with the Chiefs. By the way, who, is anyone tired of hearing about how great Alex Smith has been for Kansas City? He's been strictly average. All he does is he doesn't turn the ball
4: over and he runs well. What, what else wait does he second. do? a second. Hold on. So that uh, and this is a nine and one team. Yes. It's a nine and one team. And you
3: understand that when you have a, but their defense is dominant, it and therefore that's they're what taking I, that's the air what out. What I of mean, it. That's but it. I mean, but that, but they, but they all. Uh, it's it's like we've talked about many times the notion of complementary, uh, you know, the, the 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 three spot. I mean, the 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 three teams complementing one another. They you know the they're going to take the air out of the ball if the defense is dominating. There's not a compulsion to, to certainly at, to slap a bunch of touchdowns on the board. Certainly.
6: So if a quarterback had been that kind of player at one time, and he was asked to rein it in because of that. That's one thing. But Alex Smith has never, ever, ever proven to be a productive guy that could throw for 300 every game. He's wow. never shown but, but the ability on, to do that. But on a
4: team like—I mean, then the 49ers team wasn't so different to this one. Great defense, mm-hmm. offense that had some weapons but a, you know, a stronger running game. I think that I think this is the perfect I'm not saying that if you suddenly stuck him on the Jags, the Jags are gonna be six wins better. But you know, you find a quarterback for your position and he fits the puzzle there right. pretty well.
3: And what's more, I know Jamal Charles is a nice pass catcher, but their number one guy is Dwayne Bow, who's good, not he's great. Awful. Yeah, he's two dimensional Bo-
4: I think I, I tweeted this and I got a, f- a little bit of hate mail from Kansas City this weekend. I don't know if a player in the NFL puts in less effort on a on a consistent basis than Dwayne Bowe. There'll be catchable balls that he just cannot.
3: I don't be know that, that game get. against
6: Pittsburgh a couple of years ago where he jumped up in the air with his arms
3: by his right. side it was pretty stellar.
6: You remember well, that one? I do. Yeah.
3: And, and and so Dwayne Bowe and he's uh, again he's not an elite you know top. Uh, ten wide receiver, and he's their really their one and only good pass catcher. Yeah, their so, other guys, Donnie Avery. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's it's not good what he has uh, what Alex Smith uh, has to throw to. All right, so so that's that with the Chiefs. Next up, a, 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 an interesting one, but an ugly visual matchup uh, from a uniform perspective. Too much turquoise and shades therein. Carolina Panthers traveling to Miami Dolphins, coming off of a victory. Eh, how say you? Oh.
6: Boy, this game is tough. Uh, I, I'm taking Carolina in this. I don't like the fact that it's a road game. I thought the Dolphins were impressive last week. I just don't trust that Tannehill has the pocket presence to get anything done against that Carolina defense. I just don't think it's going to take Carolina more than about 20 points to win this
4: game, and I think Carolina can
6: get those 20 points.
4: Handsome? Yeah, I'm going to have to keep it in my pants on this one, Dave. Um, <laughs> I think, um, Please you know, do. You, I will. Um, Make that I think, a general you know, rule. <laughs> the, uh, the Dolphins offensive line played almost its best game of the season, despite the fact they're pretty much down to the second string a- across the board there last week when they played San Diego. But this is a very different challenge playing against, you know, that San Diego defensive front is pretty well beaten up. Uh, so they were playing a few second strings there you know, against, against this Panthers defense. I think they're going to have a hard time protecting Tannehill.
3: All right. This one is the Ed Reed slash Rex Ryan Bowl. You have Rex formerly of the Ravens and Ed Reed formerly of the Ravens playing in Baltimore against the Ravens.
4: Handsome. Who you got in this one? I have picked the Baltimore Ravens to win this game. I think that the Jets aren't very good.
3: <laughs> All of a sudden, they, it, it, I'll tell you. I, uh, uh, a bandwagon has never cleared out as quickly
4: as the one for Geno I Smith was, I, I can tell you I was not at any point planning on getting on that Boy, people
3: were so excited about Geno Smith, and he stinks it up, and all of a sudden people have declared, the Jets are doomed. Boy, well, they can't Uh, win games uh, with that guy. You know what, I
4: am excited about Geno Smith, because if you think about it from a Dolphins fan perspective, the Jets have got to stick with him for at least one, maybe two more years. They've got to try and make this work, and it's not going to work. I'm going
6: to keep mine in my pants on this, too. I, I think Baltimore wins that game at home. But, you know, Joe Flacco's been no great shakes either. He's 26th in the league in completion percentage.
3: Dreadful. I mean, again, he's another guy who doesn't, outside of tory Smith, have a lot to throw to. All right, we have the Colts and Cardinals, Cowboys and Giants, Broncos, Patriots. Which should we go with? We got to do the big game. We'd be uh, remiss. To You're right. Broncos, Colts Patriots. Cardinals <laughs> is definitely. Well, you uh, know, what?
4: that's a game I'm interested in, but not,
3: I, we don't have time well. to
4: talk to it. According to All our right, producer, because Rod
3: Woodson's coming up here. So, eh, I'll start with you. Broncos Patriots. How say you?
6: Broncos Patriots. I like Denver on the road. Uh, you know, New England's had a lot of injuries uh, defensively. I think they'll keep it close. I do but they're going to have a hard time running on Denver. Uh, and, and New England's been leaning on the run a lot more than you think.
3: I got news for you. If the Dolphins win and the Patriots lose, the division is hereby back on. You know, they really – True that. The Dolphins would have a shot at the division going up against the Patriots still one more time head-to-head. Head. Let's do it. Let's – real quick. Cowboys, Giants. Wait,
4: I handsome. don't get to weigh in on, oh, I'm sorry. on the other That's one. That's why I'm trying to do pace. All right. I'm, here I, am. His arms I he's throwing his there. arms up, but ignore Quickly. him. We'll put the cutting down. Um, the uh, <laughs> like I think he's a limo driver. Exactly. I, <laughs> All right, just do your pick quick. Broncos, Broncos. Okay. I think. I mean, I'm still flush with success from picking the uh, Panthers to beat the Patriots on Monday night.
3: I'm oh not yeah, gonna, kudos. I'm not going to uh, um, go. You did. You
4: said them, but you said Panthers by five.
3: By they five, won by they
4: four. won by four.
6: On kudos. that note, any chance that uh, Black Tie knows who Argyle is? I don't. know You who said who the Argyle limo driver.
2: Come on, Who's man. Who's Argyle? From, Argyle.
3: Uh, from Die Hard? Yes. Oh, okay. I know how uh, do you, of all people? The, I got guy it that you, right. You, so I mean, you can't say, how do I, of all people? I just told you who it was. I was I, It came out of the blue. I wasn't sure who it was there. All right. So that's that. We'll, we'll figure it out. Elliot, are the Cowboys going to win on the road? No. You don't think they're going to beat the Giants? Giants no. are going to have five straight? Yep. Yikes. All right. Here he is, as promised, straight from Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame. It's uh, Steelers All-World Cornerback Supreme, Rod Woodson. What's the poop with you, fella? <laughs> What's the poop? Yeah. I'm just hanging out. It's a pleasure to see you once again. It's good to be
5: back here. Courageous. Handsome, but handsome Hank, is that like, who gave you that nickname? I did. He did. Don't you think oh, he's handsome? Okay. Well, I don't judge guys like that, but okay, I believe you. Who
3: do you think is the most handsome guy in the Hall of Fame? I, I
5: it's two hundred some guys. I don't even know who everybody's in there. I got to see them all first. I'll tell
3: you who if we're who going it? on their playing days looks. I'm not talking about 2013, but I'll tell you the best Frank Gifford. Frank? He's ha- he was handsome when he played. He was a
5: handsome guy. You know I'll tell you. I who trust else. you. Marcus I, I,
3: Allen was handsome. Don't tell Marcus. He still is handsome in fact. Oh, no, don't tell Marcus. Curtis Martin, he has a big
5: head already. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Anyway, listen, let's I, I hear you got some heat. The last time you were in here, maybe a fortnight ago, we were playing we debuted our segment, Hall or Nothing. This is where I ask a gold jacket like yourself about the candidacy of current players or guys who are just freshly – or not even eligible yet, but guys who are recently retired, and we go through them. You got a fair amount of heat back in uh, Pittsburgh, PA, because you said that you think Terrell Davis belongs in ahead of Jerome Bettis, at least, and and perhaps insinuated that maybe Jerome doesn't deserve the gold jacket.
5: Well, you know, when you look at – I believe TD goes in, he he, he should be looked at kind of with the same – concept of girl sayers that kind of like that girl sales rule where mm-hmm. he got injured we knew that he was going to be an awesome player for the next how many years if he wouldn't have been injured when I mean, this guy was a super bowl mvp league mvp 2000 yard rusher i mean guy was doing it that fluke play and he gets injured and he really doesn't really come back from it that's why i think that's why i think td belongs in he should be able to get in because of that alone when i look at Jerome, and i like Jerome. And I don't even know if Jerome, I haven't seen Jerome since we talked. I about like this it. Stuff. I saw I saw I him know, in but,
3: Tahoe a couple months ago. He's really he starting to I, like.
5: I haven't seen him personally, so I don't know if he's going to give me a, a lip <laughs> full when he does see me. But you know, I mean, you know, he had that he had that great year in in St. Louis. Uh-huh. I think it was like fifteen hundred yards, something like that. Ninety three. might a, even
3: have been in L. A. That's how long ago. And then he had a, a, a
5: pretty good year in Pittsburgh. It was like thirteen hundred or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them were about. And a little over a1,000, a little 1,100, 900s here and there, sporadic throughout his career. You know, I just it's, it's a tough one. I mean, I, I just I, I look at T.D., and when I looked at him when he was at his best. He was the best running back in the National football.
3: Well, like Elliot Harrison said the last time we had this conversation, I thought it was a, a, a keen point he made that at the time, look at the running backs that were in the NFL, and Terrell Davis was still the best, and this was at a time when you had Emmitt Smith and Barry Sanders and so on. And at, for a, a few years, like you say, uh, TD was the best of them all. So that's, that's the measure. He's number one in the game among uh, you know, titans of, at the running back position.
6: Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't uh, – I was looking at you. I was looking at you to be the quarterback <laughs> here for a second. Uh, you know, I b- agree with you on Terrell Davis and Jerome Bettis. One of the guys I wanted to ask you on – I'm actually working on a piece for uh, the Hall of Fame right now and the guys that make it and don't. One of those guys that's been on the cusp is someone that you played with, Kevin Green. For some oh, reason, yeah, he's been yeah, overlooked. One. 160 sacks. And, and the thing about it with Green, Rod, is what made you great is that in your 30s, you were still able to play. Kevin Green had 97 and a half sacks in his 30s. I, I, it's amazing to me that nobody considers him a Hall of Famer.
5: I do. Uh, and I think, I can't remember what year it was, uh, I was talking about the Hall of Fame, and I overlooked Kevin Green. And that was my mistake. It was a couple years ago. I mean, I, I don't know where he ranks in the all-time list at this point in sacks, but you got to remember when he got the sacks. They weren't even throwing the football that much. It was like 50-50, hmm. maybe. He right. 60-run, 40-pass. He was still getting to the quarterback. That's how good he was. You know, I remember my first time seeing Kevin Green. He was in our weight room in Pittsburgh at the 03 River Stadium. We had this, like, our our weight room was probably as big as this room. <laughs> that's how small it was. But I, I see this huge back and this big old, and this long white hair. And I'm thinking, that's a big old lineman. Well, who's that guy? We must have got somebody. And I, I walk in, I'm getting ready to lift, and I turn around and it's freaking Kevin Green. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen a back so wide in my life, and he's a big guy. And then I remember playing against him when I was with the AFC at my first Pro Bowl. And I'm the gunner, not the gunner, I'm the wing guy on the punt team for the Pro Bowl. And he's the, he's lined up right over me because they got, like, punt safe. And they we punt it, and he grabs me. I couldn't move. <laughs> he, like, he was like, where are you going, boy? I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm trying to, you know, like a little kid, like kicking with his feet in the air and slapping the hands. I couldn't get him off of me. But, you know, I I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I think Kevin Green belongs in the Hall of Fame. I overlooked that a couple years ago. That was my mistake. Um, you know, the way he played, with tenacity he played, and the volume of getting to the quarterback opposing teams – I think it was great. Um, and you got to remember, the era that he did it in wasn't that they're throwing the ball 70% of the time like they are today. They were throw- It was flipped. They were throwing the ball maybe 40% of the time, and he was still getting sacks like that.
6: He came in the league in 85, and to answer his question, Dave, Kevin Green's third all-time in sacks. The guys ahead of him, Bruce Smith...
3: And Reggie White. Well, how can he not be in the Hall right. of Fame already? Well, this by the way, handsome as a newcomer to playing our game of Hall or Nothing, all you have to do is come up with a name relevant to NFL history, throw it at throw Rod Woodson, and then he'll decide he might intercept it like he right. like he so often did. Probably Let, will. How about this? Let's do this one. As Third one of the of great, all time, that's great one of the man. great kick returners ever. And you also well, you were, and then maybe the best to ever do it. Does Devin Hester belong in the Hall of Fame? Mm.
5: That's a great qu- If Devin Hester goes in, then Steve Tasker needs to go in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitchell needs to go in. There's a lot of guys that need to start going in. If you put a special teamer in, now you got you got punters going in, you got kickers going in. What you, about you that great to, guy? You have to change. You have to change your philosophy. If you put one guy in, um, I, I think what's so hard for those guys is because they only get like ten plays in a game or five plays or four plays in a game. You know, same thing with the kickers. Um, I, I think when people see them, and, you know, we always tease kickers and punters. I've, I do it all the time on the air. Mm-hmm. I don't talk kickers and punters because they're not real football players. I say it all the time. But I tell you what, you want your guy to be a real good kicker when it comes down to, mm-hmm. you know, crunch time. And it's three seconds on the clock, and it's a 45 yards out, and the wind is blowing left to right 10 miles an hour. You want that guy to kick it through. You know, I, I think it's tough. That's a tough one. That's one I think – the fans have to readjust their mindset on the National Football League landscape and how they look at players. Um, do I think every single one of those special teamers will be in the Hall of Famers? No. Um, but I think uh, I think a couple of those guys deserve to be in the Hall of Famers. All Ray right. Guy, well, this,
3: then no more jive, Woodson. What's the vote? Ray Guy, yes or no? You have a vote. I
5: think Ray Guy is arguably the best punter, and he put punters on the map in the National Football League. When people do yes. that type of stuff, Kind of like, and and I'm not putting him in the category of this, but like Mel Blunt, Mel Blunt changed the game for corners. I mean, Mm -hmm. the guy was so big, so physical. You know, when people start seeing him play, they said, man, we got to change the rules because this big guy is knocking our receivers all the way down the field. So I think when people bring a certain position to light, like I think Ray Guy did at the punting position, I think that's when you put those certain players in or look at them to be in.
3: I don't want to interrupt Hall or nothing. I, uh, if we can do a couple more names, we will. But I'd be remiss, Rod, because time is short with you. I want to, uh, Because obviously you're pretty linked in with uh, the black and gold. All this noise about Roethlisberger wanting out of there, I don't know if you have a direct link into that and can talk about it. But either way, to me it occurs. As a guy who grew up in Pittsburgh talks to, still talks with some of the local media guys back there, it seems to me that the Steelers – because they announced, well, we're not true. That never happened. Then a lot of people have been like, "See what? No story here." But of course, the Steelers also announced two years ago that Bruce Arians retired, and and I don't think I think the people of uh, Arizona and Cardinals fans might disagree about his retirement <laughs> status right now. So I don't know that they can be taken at their word for saying that. How well, say you on the whole on the whole story?
5: Well, you know, when you look at last year, I, I think you know. You got to know where Ben is coming from. If anything's a riff at all in Pittsburgh, Ben really liked Bruce. Mm-hmm. They had a pretty good accord. They had a good relationship. Um, Bruce did a lot of things that Ben liked. And I called this last game, uh, the Detroit Lions and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I called that game, and the one thing I started really realizing what's going on now because they're playing better football on offense. Mm-hmm. You know, defense. You know, is, is still susceptible to the big play, but the offensively, they're no huddle. You know, Ben is at the line of scrimmage. This is stuff that Ben likes to do. Mm-hmm. So I think Todd has kind of said, okay, I'm going to kind of let my ego go. Let's talk about this. What do you like? And I, he, we're starting to see some of the stuff that he did with Bruce again. And we're seeing some big plays. We're seeing the offense move the ball down the field. So I think everybody's been frustrated in Pittsburgh, including Ben. Um, I don't think Ben made that statement. I don't ever, I don't remember hearing Ben say, I wanted to be traded uh, he didn't tweet it his people didn't tweet it and it never came from his camp so where it came from I'm exactly no I don't think anybody really knows where that Genesis is at the end of the day everybody was frustrated I think now though when you watch Todd and Ben on the sidelines because you got to watch the sidelines sometimes last year they didn't even talk hmm. this year they're laughing with each other they're smiling on the sideline they're talking you know, Todd is kind of slapping him, and they're saying certain things. They're chuckling together. That's what you want to see between your quarterback and your offensive coordinator. So, I think the progression on the offensive side is better this year than it was last.
3: What do you think about? All right, let's let's now return this now back to Hall or nothing. Ben Roethlisberger
5: is he in a Hall of Fame? Yeah. Oh, he has to keep playing.
3: No, he doesn't. He yeah. could retire tomorrow, Rod Woodson, and I'm make like, the Mike Hall Tomlin. of Fame.
5: Keep putting it on tape. Fine!
3: <laughs> He's done more than minute. enough. He's played in three Super Bowls. He won two of Wait them. He's minute. in the Hall of Fame. It isn't it is not a question. People well, can talk about that all their way. I just cursed
6: him because that's what he said about Willie Parker. That's what Tomlin said about Willie Parker. Keep putting it on tape. <laughs> you don't want him to go the way of Willie you know, Parker.
5: There's there's another quarterback that won two Super Bowls. I know who it is. That's not in the Hall of Fame. Jim Plunkett. Yes.
3: That's the only one. Right. He's the only one. Right. Exactly. But, he, but Roethlisberger didn't have three years of, of nothingness well, like how Plunkett many Super did earlier.
5: So how many Super Bowls do, do, has Ben won?
3: He won two, played okay. in three.
5: Right. But the first one, let's be honest. Don't, don't, yeah. don't, don't you do one, this to me. Don't you do this the to first me, Woodson. One, they won big one in spite of Ben. ben didn't, uh, the yes. best pass in the game
3: <laughs> was, was Antoine it? was, it? was it? Antoine, yeah. was it? Antoine yeah.
5: to Heinz Ward—that was yeah. the I best agree. pass yeah. of the whole game. But you
3: know what, Woodson? I, you know what? Shame the devil! I can't believe I have to tell you <laughs>
5: this—they
3: wouldn't have gotten to sound that like Super Myron Bowl. Cope. Let, let me tell <laughs> yeah. no, that no, you know, be still my heart. That's the greatest compliment Ooh. I'll ever receive to, to say I sound like Cope. Now listen, they don't get to the Super Bowl without the performance he put on first in Indy and then in Denver. That in tackle those he games. made. That when drilling. Well, yeah, but that was a <laughs> that was <laughs> just the punctuation mark behind the great game. Mm. And the game he had in mile high was his greatest playoff game ever. He was he was dynamite. He was I mean, third and long consistently drilling uh passes in Denver. The AFC championship yeah. game. He was yeah. his best game he's ever played. Or his best playoff game at least.
6: You know, Rod, my job is to make sure that Dave doesn't get too steeler centric. So I wanted to circle back Fine. to <laughs> circle back to something you said about Uh, Because I thought it was a really interesting way to look at it. Did the guy bring something out to light? And when you brought up Ray Guy, Dave, I think that's what we're talking about with Ray Guy. Well, with Steve Tasker, I think he did. And by that definition, Steve Tasker is an absolute Hall of Famer. When they played their first Super Bowl against Dallas and they got hammered, it was still a close game early in the game. The Cowboys' personal protector, the guy that lines up behind the line for the punter, Dixon Edwards, got hurt. And the Cowboys panicked. Because they knew, oh, great, we got to put in a backup there, and we're playing against Tasker. What do you think happened? Tasker blocks the first punt. First, first play they put in, and that's the kind of talent that he had. So even if you're only on the field 15 plays a game, you make that kind of difference.
5: I think you're a Hall of Fame player. And I think that's why when people do talk about special teamers, his name is the first name that comes up.
6: Which tells you something right there, doesn't it?
5: So he's been that guy. They did go to four straight Super Bowls. Um, he was a special player at that position. Um I you know but I I think and I said that about setting a mark for a certain position it, you got to look at it is that worthy of being in the Hall of Fame. Right. That that's the question for all these voters because I'm not I don't get the vote many which games I don't even in? like I don't like the system but that's a different story. That's another program. It's another podcast. I hear you,
3: and I think I think like Devin Hester to me is more of a Hall of Famer in the sense that Than I understand. I, it's not, I, I understand it's based on what his responsibilities were, but Devin Hester would change games. How many games and still year changes, changes to the effect. outcome of games? But Steve is Hester what I,
5: what is
3: capable, but he doesn't swing games so as this, much.
5: Let's say this about Devin Hester. So Devin Hester is turning kicks, uh, outstanding kick returner, right? In an era where there's no blue collar workers anymore, you got your starters. You got it. When I came in the league, all your fifth year, six year guys were all on special teams. Hmm. Your starters were on special teams. Nowadays, your backups are rookies. You got these a lot of offensive players on special teams who can't tackle. So the special team play has kind of gone down. All these guys can't be good returners. All these guys are returning balls. I mean, look what um, Austin did in St. Louis a couple weeks ago. He catches the ball off the drop, he's like on a two-yard line, and he takes it, he wiggles his way down for a touch. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I mean, to me, I, I think we have to be careful with special teamers in today's era hmm. because I think the blue-collar workers, I think some of the game, 32 teams, I think the game itself is kind of diluted. I think the talent level is diluted. Because there's so many teams. And you can't have your best players on the rosters anymore. You know, you, you got to put them under a salary cap. The salary cap hasn't increased. I know we're going in a lot of different directions. I just think you got to be really careful um, when it comes to, and I'm talking about Devin Hester. Because I think Steve was on both sides of it. He wasn't a really returner. He was just a heck of a player making big plays for you. And he made big catches. And some big key games for the Buffalo Bills.
3: Hey, by the way, the guy who brought you in here, uh, thanks to him, at Marcus underscore Smith. Did I get it right there, Marcus? That's my, <laughs> my small uh, oh, my small thanks. Absolutely
1: not. It's Marcus at Marcus Smith underscore. At Marcus Smith underscore.
3: What? What kind of Twitter thing is that? At Marcus Smith underscore? <laughs> There's just an empty underscore at the end of your thing? That's weird. <laughs> Marcus is
4: one of our producer talents here, or talent producers here. He's uh, and he
3: produced the great Rod Woodson today. All right, you go in just a minute here, Rod. But I got to say one more because they work here at NFL Network, and I'm interested in your opinion. Darren Sharper, Hall of Famer.
5: Ooh, wow! Now you're going to see him in the hallway. No, I'm not going to see Darren. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say Darren. Darren couldn't take me if he wanted me.
3: (laughs) Wow! Um, sixty career interceptions, nine touchdowns. That alone says to me just raw numbers, that's hard to argue against.
5: Yeah, Dick LeBeau had sixty two. It took him forever. That's true. To get in. And yeah, well, he played in the air. And he played in the air where they didn't they threw the ball probably two times, a, times a year. Three times a year.
6: And he had the record for most consecutive starts by a corner without missing a game, too. Dick, started fourteen right. straight years without missing a game.
5: You know, I, I I look at the secondary play and I look at Darren, and this is my question not to Darren but to every player who will be up for the Hall of Fame when they retire, is that when when you played, were you the best at your position at any given time hmm. over the course of years when you played? That, to me, is what Hall of Famers are about. I'm not saying Darren is not. I'm just saying that should be one of the criteria. Were you the best, the, not five or six of them, were you the guy for a certain period of time at your position? You know, and, and you know, when, when it comes to Darren, I think Darren made a lot of big plays. Um, he was he was a ball hawk. I'm glad he kind of quit playing so he didn't break my record.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, you go. But what about Kurt Warner, too?
5: I think Kurt's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah.
3: Even though. Would he get your vote? Even if though. If you had a vote.
5: Yeah, I would vote for Kurt. Hmm. Um, he has, he played, what, 13 or 14 years, but that window of his really great years, like five, those five were freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, a guy could throw that rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a story to go along with it, I know you don't, Put somebody in the Hall of Fame because of the story?
0: Oh,
3: I disagree with that, as a matter
5: of fact. And well, you this can't isn't put a the story. Hall of, a Hall of Fame a good story. No,
3: no, no. But I will say, I think that individual moments can define the career enough that it puts you into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, back to Pittsburgh for a second. Lynn Swan statistically has no business, but because he rose up for a couple of iconic plays in the sport's biggest game, he's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, and I embrace it. I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame no. for doing yeah, it. Yeah, I
5: think my story, I'm talking about his life story, how oh, he okay, got there. Okay. Yeah. Working in a grocery store doing all that stuff. I think in that story, that's great. I and mean, that's a that's a fighting through the adversity, overcoming it all, overcoming the obstacles. Wasn't any type of guy coming into this thing. Everybody's like Kurt Warner, who was that guy? Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had to go play in arena football and he came out of that thing, which was a blessing to him because it taught him to throw the ball on time.
1: Which he <laughs> True, couldn't right? do when he
5: first came in the league. So it really was a blessing for him. Um, you know, I think when you look at Kurt and I played against his offense in uh st louis when i was in baltimore and they could throw the football <laughs> that dude could throw the football
3: yeah about as well i mean even in the ensuing dozen or so years that uh, we still haven't seen or have we seen an offense that uh, would transplant that that for uh, like mm-hmm. you say this transformative th- Denver, ray guy and everything you uh, well that's right this
5: Denver one you watch it you
3: look back at that st louis year boy at, le- at least until they got to the tampa game in the nfc title game they just that offense was unstoppable. Yeah, but they they, smoked they did it, everybody.
6: They did it 3 years in a row. Right. And it remains the 07 Patriots weren't able to do that and it remains to be well, seen whether or not the Broncos are going to be able to do that 3 years in a row. Yeah,
5: 07 Patriots they don't let Tom have receivers 3 years in a row. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they That's they right. get him for a year, and they take him away.
3: Uh, all right, Rod Woodson. Again, we could go on for five or six hours about this and just only stay on Steelers who are worthy of the Hall of Fame. Brian Hinkle. <laughs> uh, well, hey, listen. Brian, Brian Hinkle, Hinkle was not bad. He was, Brian Hinkle was plenty no, good. No, no. Mike I, I Merriweather. L.C.
5: Greenwood. Hardy Nickerson is the most underrated. Hardy. L.C. Only reason L.C. not in the Hall of Fame. It's because they had everybody else they in They can't. can't yeah. That's exactly right. At some point, it gets like, saturated, and they say, the, we can't and just that's make their, this. And that's their mindset that's behind right. it. That's crazy, though. That's You're unfair to See, right. You're absolutely That's right. unfair I, well, to listen, And next time we talk,
3: we'll do Casey Hampton, too, because I think he quietly was the linchpin to those great defenses for a better part of a decade. And, all right, listen. You go, Rod Woodson. We'll kibitz later. That's all. We'll save some. Uh, there's still meat left on this bone for us to cover the next uh, care, Myron
5: Cope, Jr., I'm um, start calling him Junior. Yoy and double The Pittsburgh Steelers are poised to strike. Now you need to smoke a cigarette with it, though, because oh, yeah. that's what well, Myron would do. I, to...
3: I'm drinking whiskey, as you can see right now. <laughs> I've I got pretty much everything covered. All right, and, and I'm not the most attractive man. So, yeah, I'm, uh, in many ways, I'm, I'm like Coke. All right, listen, Rod Woodson, it's always a pleasure All to right, see you. guys. Me. Thanks for jumping it. in. Hope you don't get any more heat in, uh, in Pittsburgh.
5: I can take the heat. I like kitchens.
3: I like what he said about Sharper. Sharper couldn't take me if he tried. He looks fit.
5: Let's start having. I mean, he's been fights. doing the Nordic track or something. <laughs> I don't know.
3: You've been <laughs> what, you've been doing the Chuck Norris workout. Thanks, Rod. There he goes. The great Rod Woodson. Day. He's delightful. You know what I like? I like when people are delightful, but they also tell the truth. That's what that's what I like in uh, in in the guest uh, when they come through here at uh, at the DDFP.
4: Well, then you 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 must have loved having Rob Woodson here. That was great fun. Darren Sharp,er he doesn't know what do you think? I think, think I I would <laughs> like to see the showdown between him and Sharp. Maybe in the huddle. <laughs> He's Car- like each carrying that. trays of food. Yeah, the commissary. Yeah, I heard what you said. I like the idea of Darren
3: Sharper hearing a rumor or Jerome mm-hmm. Battis. I hear what you said on the Damashek show.
4: You know what the truth would be, though, <laughs> if, if he, he, Rod would say, where do you hear it? And he said, oh, Damashek told me.
3: <laughs> I'm causing trouble between uh, Hall Staring of Fame. Up, uh,
4: stirring NFL up legends. between
3: NFL legends. I caused them to take a swing at each other. All right, listen. Handsome Hank. Elliot Harrison, what a pleasure. Thanks to Rod Woodson. Thanks to thanks to Russell Wilson. Thanks to Adam Rank, who couldn't be here. Um, but, uh, of course, uh, all those downloads don't happen without him. And, of course, the man behind the glass, Black Tie. Shout out to Mark Brady and all the other guys who uh, who helped make us uh, go with this podcast. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce after Week 12, and we'll get you ready for Week 13. In the meantime, though, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.